0: Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him
1: known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi ladies and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. I'm glad you're joining us. And today I have a friend with me, Miss Melissa Pryor. Good morning, Melissa.
0: Good
1: morning, Carmen. Melissa, I am excited to introduce you to the ladies. I seem seems like I say that every week. I'm excited to introduce, but I get excited because I didn't even know you, Melissa, a year ago. And just how God gives me an opportunity to meet people and hear what you know, here's w- what He's doing in your life. I love to introduce you to to the ladies too. So take a minute and just tell our audience here a little bit about Melissa and who you are.
0: Sure, Carmen. So my name is Melissa and I live in McLeansboro, Illinois. I'm originally from here. Um, The Lord has taken us on a journey over the last almost 22 years of marriage. Um, My husband, Jared is also from McLeansboro. We finished college at SIU Carbondale and then God called us to seminary in New Orleans. We were there for 10 years, uh, before, during and after Hurricane Katrina. That's that's a whole separate story, a whole separate podcast um, to to know all of those details, but that's a part of our our story. Through that, lots of different opportunities. My professional background is as a registered dietitian. So I did an internship clinically in New Orleans and then stayed out at the hospital um, and taught interns and worked clinically until Hurricane Katrina came through. Then that opportunity went away and God opened new doors that I would have never expected or anticipated. I moved into a role as a director of human resources for a community bank in the New Orleans area and did that for about five years until our second daughter was born. And then God clearly called me home. And so I have been home with our daughters, um, doing parts and pieces of professional work uh, as opportunities come over the last several years. God brought us back to Illinois in 2011 and we have been serving locally in various ways over the last 11 years uh-huh. and as Carmen mentioned uh, our paths crossed back in November and through a couple conversations God's just provided opportunities for us to work together and that's why we're here today
1: <laughs> yeah I love that and you know ladies you guys that are listening, that's just how God connects the community. Um, you know, we just he just brings us to tables or crosses our paths or we get to hear something that spurs our interest on and which is a reminder that this community is stronger when we all join in. Um and that's the you know, that's one of the beauties of it. So um Melissa, I wanna I wanna pivot on some of that conversation because I know I'm very intentional where I want to get this conversation today. Like you said, there could be so many podcasts we could have, you know, picking pieces, but you represent so many women out there that that are listening, because it's not, um, we always say, oh, we don't wear just one hat, you know, we serve a lot of roles, but just like in that little intro, you can see how many different positions, you know, professional positions that God has placed you in, whether you went to school for those things or not or went looking for those things or not and um, but i love that you use the word professional position because sometimes i think we take that for granted instead of realizing that those are all opportunities that god's going to give us experience and teach us some skills but sometimes we hold ourselves back or um, thinking we're qualified or not qualified um, because we sort of had one thing in mind when we went to went to school so if you don't care i wasn't planning this until you said that I want you to unpack a little bit for us because I know a little bit of your story. How how you crossed over into that HR role? You mentioned it, but go a little bit deeper there.
0: So I was happily working in um, a clinical nutrition role specific to intensive intensive care patients, nutrition support. Had a certification, was loving every minute of it. And then, I mean, literally, Hurricane Katrina came through and washed away. Many, many things, including that professional opportunity. We felt called to be in the city. The calling didn't change just because the circumstances had changed. If anything, those circumstances all the more reiterated to us that call to be there. And so we committed to go back, not knowing what that looked like, not knowing what opportunities would be there. About the beginning of October, so about six weeks post-storm, we were back in the city working in various ways to try to clean up our life and help some other folks that we knew work through some of the the hard parts of that and learned, you know, my hospital was not going to reopen. My job had gone away. My husband learned the same thing all in the morning that we were going to make an offer on a house. And Mm -hmm. so we sat there and we're like, okay, Lord, if this is where we're supposed to be, we're going to go make an offer and we're going to trust that this is going to work out. And so by that evening, we go, it's like a 1030 appointment, we make the offer, it's accepted. So now we have made an offer on a house that we don't have any jobs to pay for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And by that evening, my husband had gone to a deacon's meeting for the church. He called me and says, wow, I have some news. Are you sitting down? And I said, okay. And a president of a local bank who was also a deacon in our church had learned of our situation and wanted me to come and take the role as director of human resources. I don't have training in this. This is not my background. But a little bit of the background of that story was he and his wife had gone to Columbia, South America with us on a mission trip a few years before this. And just in the midst of working together in that, he saw something in me that he wanted in his company in that particular role. And it became an opportunity, again, that none of us planned. I remember going to his office and basically saying obviously I need a job but I don't know you know what I bring to this but I'm willing to try and he said that's that's what I'm looking for someone who is not trained in this specifically but who's willing to learn and care for these people you know we're in the middle of arguably one of the worst natural disasters ever known particularly in the United States and every single person that works here has been affected. Mm -hmm. And we need, you know, we need to be able to step into their lives and care for them and provide them jobs and opportunities, but also care for them as people. So I took the role and I started with a telephone and a notebook with a list of names of people who worked there before the storm hit. And the job was to literally find them, like, where are they located at this Mm -hmm. point? So that's kind of how that role began and grew into something that was totally a god thing. I loved I loved what I was doing. Loved the opportunity, loved the challenge, loved the people, loved working in an environment where it was a human resources role, but my my boss very much wanted people to be cared for. He very much operated with the mindset if if we care for people, they will they will care for us and that's the right way to treat people. And so it really was a ministry in a professional role, and so did that until our second daughter was born, and then just very clearly knew that we were in a season of change personally, and as much as I loved that job and felt so called to it, we both knew that it was time. I had to step away, and so stepped away after our second daughter was born, and then within a year, God had orchestrated things um, where he moved us back to Illinois and set us on yet another Course, you know, different trajectory at that point, point. and I so I became a stay-at-home mom. I was still stepped into a role locally as a victims' advocate in our state's attorney's office. So did that a couple days a week. My main job for the last 11 years is to be home with our girls. I've always had my hand in something as God's provided opportunities. And again, not necessarily things that I am, quote, trained in professionally. I was willing to take a risk, and the person on the other end was willing to take a risk with me. So,
1: Mm, That is so good. Um, I, I just distinctly remember. I think that's the part when I was getting to know you a little bit and leaning in. And there's still a lot of Melissa I don't know. I'm looking forward to getting to know but I think that's the part I leaned in because I'm passionate about the marketplace, just passionate that we go where the people are. And so many times we think we're not qualified or and we can't, again, the power of the mind, the power of thinking, we can't even get our head wrapped around. So we're not even looking for things or we disqualify ourselves. And as you were talking, I'm reminded, I think it was Christine Kane that said it on a podcast or something I listened to, that um, she was talking to a bunch of young folks that wanted to work for her ministry. And basically, she was a little bit hard, but she was being real. It was a message they needed to hear. She's like, if you want to work for me, you better be working. you know and but what she was saying is sometimes we spend so much time saying no to opportunities in front of us because we're waiting for that thing to come. And she's you know she's like, work where God has, has you because he knows where to find you. And he knows who to send to go get you. And your story so demonstrates that. She'll point to David, right? When when you know David was appointed king, he was out taking care of sheep. He was just doing his work. But God knew where he was. And God knew what he was going to do with David's life. And he knew to send somebody to go get him. And your story there, Melissa, about the boss, um, he very much had people orientation in his mind. I mean, that's such a good story to point out how the marketplace, where we need faith-based leaders um, in the marketplace place because such an opportunity to to touch people's lives. Okay. I want to pivot a little bit. You already talked about how now you got extra tools and obviously you stayed in a posture of curiosity and learning, right? It was a little bit of a challenge, but you also found balance to your life. And I think women can learn from this. And I think I think that's a good word that women could listen to you share today and let that sink in that sometimes we want to we're quick to say, "Oh, I must have missed it." And the, and understand the calling will come to fulfillment right but understand sometimes we're very limited in our in what we're looking for for the vehicle of how that calling can that calling can take place so I want you to speak into that woman that may be at that crossroad right now Melissa uh, maybe there's an opportunity maybe she's feeling like I thought I had this right and it's messed up or um, because you've walked this and that's what I love about your story speak into that woman who might be there today or tomorrow and she just doesn't know it
0: I think often we look at situations and we begin from a place of why would I do this, right? We're trying to convince ourselves or line up all of the signs and symbols and clues to make it a yes, rather than assuming it's a yes and figuring out why God would tell us no. And so, you know, do we start from a place of no and try to move to a yes, or do we start from a place of yes and are trying to convince ourselves into no? No. I often think as opportunities come, you know, is it honoring of the Lord? Is it something that can fit into my personal schedule right now in this season of life? Is it something that um, will grow me in the various roles I have in life? Is it something that's going to take away from one of my top priorities that God has given me? And if all of those things line up, you know, that's a yes until he closes that door. And he will close the door, I think, when we start pursuing things that are not what he has for us right now. But so often, I think we assume it's a no, or we begin to to stack up the reasons why we shouldn't or why it wouldn't work or why it doesn't make sense. And I think back again to our return to New Orleans after Katrina, nothing about that on paper makes sense right? We are, you know, in Southern Illinois, where life is safe and secure and provided for, and we could start all over again. We didn't have any children at the time, and our jobs are gone. We were renting an apartment at the seminary. So we had no physical connections to be there. On paper, there was nothing about that return that made sense. But Mm -hmm. God, right, he had put that there for us. And he was Mm -hmm. still saying, this is for you, and in ways only he can orchestrate, we took the step and, and put ourselves back there. And he continued to fill in the blanks in his time, in his way, in ways beyond, we couldn't have even known to ask or imagine. Um, I think about that you know, scripture in the New Testament about you know, he is exceedingly beyond what we even know to ask or can imagine. Yes. And that yes. very much, um, I can look back, you know, the fingerprints you know, in the stories of my life more than I could ask or imagine.
1: Yeah, that's good. The benefit, you know, you're young, Melissa, you know, it's hard when the women are listening, you know, to to see somebody's age, you're young. May I ask you just give us an age range for the ladies listening, Melissa, I think it helps them with perspective.
0: Sure, I am 42.
1: Okay, all right. So I say that you're young. All right. But I think that's important because you're a few steps ahead of somebody, um, you know, especially that woman that may find herself out in the marketplace trying to decide right now. But you're still you're a few steps behind a few people too. But here's one of the things I learned from you that that I hope other people are picking up on: the faith journey is just that—it's faith. And like you said, when God is calling, it may make no sense, not only on paper, but it may not make sense to the people inside the church that are typically the ones speaking into your life. And the thing. Things that are the biggest that, that require the most faith on our part are typically the things that God is calling us into because I, I don't want to say we don't have a choice, but you know you're in a posture of dependency on Him. There's nothing you brought to that, it's just but it also brings a sense of excitement to sit there in a posture of. What is he doing today? What is he going to do today? Because your eyes are constantly on him out of that position of dependency, which is where he wants us. But that's not as easy as it sounds. So that's why I appreciate you sharing your age, because you're a young leader, but you've already lived a lot of life doing that exact thing. And it's in hindsight that, like you said, you can trace the fingerprints of God a little more clearly than when you're trying to see it in the moment, right?
0: For sure. For sure.
1: Melissa, I only have a few more minutes, and this is, I always say, I love to just talk and, and, you know, share, and again, you, the, the community is stronger, Melissa, because you're here, you know, and I, I appreciate what you're bringing in, um, I wanted, I only have a few minutes, one of the projects, you were instrumental in priority, helping us put together, um, some of the educational breakout tracks, and it allowed me to get to know you even more, and just, you know, that, that mind of yours, you know, and how it ticks, and some of the good questions that you ask, and how you're seeking, and, and, um, and really contributed to some solid, you taught some breakouts for us also, but contributed to solid topics of breakouts. I want you to take just a minute because we got a little bit of a pivot going on again, as God's maybe reaching back now into that healthcare piece, you know, of that understanding, but mixed with some of those HR skills all under a discipleship, evangelism, missions, mobilization, umbrella, when I spoke to you a little bit about the health initiative that God was giving me a vision, you were you were on it. I did not have to. You got it because you've lived those worlds to see the opportunities. Can you take just a few minutes? Um, I'm, I'm trying to, to rally the, the troops to get the churches aware of this evangelistic opportunity we have, even though it's hard to talk because we're trying to figure it out while we're building it, Right. Can you share just a few minutes to the audience listening that they might be able to to um, kind of wrap their head around why this is an opportunity, um, but also why not just them but their churches, um, and so that we can help get some of those folks to the table for our trainings?
0: That's a great a great question a great segue. Of course, I can only speak from my own experience, but I know from working. I worked clinically inpatient. I also worked outpatient clinics. So people coming and going for radiation therapies and chemotherapy and those kind of things. And the one, the one common thing that I saw, and I would say that most healthcare workers would attest to, there are a lot of moving parts in healthcare. And if you're the patient, you're also dealing with some type of, you know, physical diagnosis, treatment plan, which affects your mental and emotional health as well, um, depending on you know the severity and the extent of that. And there are a lot of things coming at patients, a lot of decisions that are being made for them, a lot of information thrown at them, and it's just a lot to take in. And some patients are navigating that alone. They don't have a support system built in with family, spouse, parents, siblings, you know, whatever the case might be, they are truly alone trying to figure all these things out and you find yourself in healthcare often doing lots of different roles because you see the needs that are in front of you. So you may be there for your express purpose for your field, but something else comes to light while you're with that patient. And so you then begin trying to help problem solve that or get them the resource or the person they need to help with that. So how does the lay person step into that So often the things that are necessary or needed to support that patient don't require a specific license or a certain type of medical training. It's about, you know, being at the right office at the right time. Maybe someone who can just listen while you're receiving information and take notes for you. Because again, if you're processing all of this data coming at you, A lot of terminology that many of us as lay people don't understand. There's just a lot to process. And then you're trying to make decisions about your care, often in the same visit, right? Now that we've told you all of this, let's form a plan. So even just someone who can help you have the information in front of you to think about it, maybe even to say, I need to go home and think about this for a day or two. Can I call you back to process that data away from the doctor's office and come back with information that you've had time to think about? Sometimes you just need an extra person there to remind you that that's a choice, right? You can say that you, you can take that step and healthcare providers want to help you and they want things to go well for you, but they have a lot on their plate as well and are juggling many balls. And sometimes there are just gaps, right? Where patients don't have the resources, don't have the information are overwhelmed by all of it. And so I think as churches, as lay people, we can step into those positions and, and be the, the friend next to them, be the person that helps them get from point A to point B, make sure that you know this scan got sent to that hospital and this record gets transferred where it needs to be. And as a patient, you need an advocate many times to make sure that your care is moving along efficiently and in the right direction. And as lay people, we can help with that you know under the umbrella of the gospel right yes. we can love people who are in hard hard places some of these some of these patients are dealing with multiple diagnoses at one time and maybe news that is not good for them or the, the longevity or the the outcome for them is difficult and the road ahead is uncertain and we can step in there and help me to physical need but we as followers of christ have the opportunity to make sure that they know who jesus is you know who is jesus to you um you know what where do you find your hope where do you find your peace those are the things that as believers we bring to the table that are different than maybe some of the public programs that are out there that are doing some parts and pieces of that we can minister to the soul of a person in the midst of a hard situation as we're helping them meet some of the physical needs. So I Mm -hmm. think that is something that as a follower of Christ, we bring to the table that truly is what their heart and soul needs that Mm -hmm. they are not going to receive from a public service that may be coming through their county or the state.
1: That's good. Melissa, you, you just packaged that so well, so well. Um, And ladies, That's what we're inviting you into. So connected to these episode notes, I'm going to tag Melissa. You know, so that with some contact information there, whatever Melissa, if you'll provide some contact that I can share out, um, that that if somebody wants to reach out and talk to you or ask a specific question, I'm also going to tag. If you guys were with us at Priority, um, we told you that we're going to launch a class, and it's it's an equipped course, but we're going to do it in person, not online, at least this time. And it's our Faith Community Health Initiative, and what we're going to do is meet you there in that posture. So we're we're praying that that um, that men, women, you know, churches will come represent to learn more. We're gonna talk about this concept of how can we train and equip you to be that advocate, but that relational advocate coming from the standpoint, coming from the posture of evangelism. How do we build a relationship to love on somebody, walk some of these moments with them, providing that safe spot, for the purpose of bridging a, a gospel conversation to show them the love of Christ. Because like Melissa said, a lot of organizations are doing pockets of this, but there are gaps, there were gaps pre-pandemic. We've all just lived through this pandemic and it's even more confusing and more gaps right now that we have such an evangelistic opportunity in front of us. So connected to the episode notes, you're also gonna see a flyer um, with this June date that we're asking you, please come be with us and sit in on that training. And we'll actually send you home with with resources that your church then will have practical resources that can help be an advocate to that person to navigate these various layers of health care. Melissa, I've got to close um, because our time's running down. I'm just, I'm so grateful for your willingness to pull a chair up to the table and realizing that this is a season that God's asking you to invest into the community. And you're doing that in some very tangible ways. One being this faith community health initiative. And I'm, I'm grateful. And the ones listening in, will see why I'm grateful because you have an understanding of the work, but you also see the opportunity that the church has and can help us connect those dots. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Carmen, for the invitation to be a part. Um, I, I love the opportunity to to think and look into situations and, and think about them from different perspectives and see opportunities. I'm always about seeing the opportunity that can be out there, not just the obstacles that might be before us.
1: There you go. And, you know, I give God glory for that that we see them as opportunities and not just brokenness, right? Brokenness are opportunities to step in and and connect those gaps. So ladies, if you're listening um, and you're not connected to the community, get connected to us. You can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. Find us on Instagram at at Illinois Baptist Women or come to our website to check out these resources, ibsa.org backslash women. Um, I thank you all for for joining us today for the podcast. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a blessed Sunday and we'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast.
0: You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org slash women.